welcome to episode number 209 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording July 16th, 2023. My name's Eric, host of the show, based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events and started a small preparedness company to help people get better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. And I'm Jeff. I'm based in Central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. Glad to see your mic's fixed this week. <laughs> Welcome yes, back, yes, yes. I didn't uh, have to throw it in the fire, so we're all good. <laughs> there you go. And I'm Brad. I'm in Eastern Ontario. I consider myself a part-time amateur prepper. I'm the Fugu Gunny. Recently moved to Northern Ontario in the middle of nowhere. I'm an off-gridder, a shooter, hunter, fisher, gatherer, trapper type, and a generalist. And I only recently came to accept that I'm a prepper. And now here you are. <laughs> you were you were saying earlier, Eric, one of us. One yeah, exactly. of us. <laughs> 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 Yep. And uh, if anybody wants to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy some swag. We have both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the Tactical Velcro patch at www.prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, whether good or bad, or just if there's a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got uh, some twisted content for you in this episode, and no, not the internet twisted like all you guys are thinking. Uh, we're going to start off with some recent news. We'll update you on our personal preps, then we're going to get into the main topic, and uh, we're actually going to chat tornadoes tonight now that uh, Jeff has sorted out his microphone. We're only going to poke at you a go. few more times about that, Jeff. <laughs> why not why not eh? <laughs> let's move into the news shall we so uh apparently there was a tsunami warning issued in alaska yesterday morning sorry this morning late saturday at 10 o'clock or so a 7.2 magnitude earthquake uh near the alaska peninsula 55 miles southwest of sand Sand Point, Alaska, sorry. Um, in Kodiak, uh, sirens sounded, waking up a whole bunch of people. Um, significant risk, or sorry, significant inundation of an alert was, it was given, and then it was downgraded to just an advisory before being canceled on Sunday, but still I had a whole bunch of people up in arms and figured that was kind of relevant to uh, the weather topic we're doing tonight. Just out in the ocean yeah. instead of on land. It's be been pretty scary interesting weather the last little yeah. while. Yeah, my brother-in-law mm -hmm. is in uh, white. Uh, sorry, uh, Yellowknife, mm. <clears throat> and my wife was wondering, <laughs> is that going to affect him? I'm like, nah, it's a tsunami warning. He's inland. Don't worry about yeah. it. Well, he's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jeez. Still tsunamis. That's uh, yeah, not something you want to mess with. And then, yeah. No. But those almost no, become earthquakes. No. And, Yikes. Yeah, my brother is on the East Coast in Newfoundland, mm -hmm. but he's kind of central on the rock, like on the island. Uh, but still, you know, they, uh, they, they still take that seriously. And uh, when I was there to see him last summer for his wedding, we had a, a little sit-down chat, and he knew I was on this podcast, and we had a little mm -hmm. sit-down chat. And he said, okay, like, should I be doing anything extra? Like, he brought me to his basement said, here, what do I have? What do I need and whatnot? And we went through a bunch of stuff and nice. a little bit happier, sleep a little bit better knowing mm -hmm. that he's, he's okay. That's good. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, for uh, other news articles, I'm sure everybody's kind of heard about the uh, two tornadoes in the Ottawa area. Yes. Uh, yeah, a little bit crazy there. From, uh, from what I've been reading in the news, it was uh, two that actually ended up crossing paths at one point in time. So... So I hear that. that was pretty. Uh, it's pretty wild. That was That's, the one in uh, Barhaven. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The the Northern Tornado Project, um, which is uh, I guess a, a joint venture from uh, University of Western Ontario, Dr. David Sills, and um, Environment Canada, 
they go and do assessments of all the tornadoes. And yeah, they, they said that's very rare to ever see that, that you have two tornadoes, two separate tornadoes that actually cross paths. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, I don't remember reading there's any major injuries, just a lot of property damage. One one yeah. injury, one that's... injury from broken glass or something. Lady slipped and fell or something on, <laughs> cut her arm or something. She did it seen and that was it. That's wild when you consider it too. 150 buildings, not necessarily houses, but 150 yep. buildings suffered some kind of damage from the, the tornadoes. Well, okay. I think those were F1 categories, right? Uh, they haven't technically, no. Um, I believe they were F0s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I would have to go back and check, but I, I thought they said they were F0s. But it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, classification, yeah, but it's it, it, the damage it in the show, whole. It goes to show that even uh, a smaller category tornado does deliver a fair amount of damage. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Wild. Well, I believe I would have to go back and check my numbers, so don't quote me. But I believe an F to be an F zero tornado, you have to be a minimum. I'm gonna say minimum one twenty five kilometers an hour, or somewhere in that number. So well, that is now officially on the internet, Jeff. So it's true. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> yeah, me and my big mouth again. Yep. The no, amateur no, weather nerd said it, so it's true. No, it doesn't doesn't matter. You could have told us 140, 110. It's on the internet. The number's true. No questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we move into what we've done lately for preps? Um, actually, I, I don't live too far away from Ottawa. And because of those storms, I had a bit more yard cleanup to do here. I did uh, a little bit of fuel rotation clean up in my shed from the winter and spring projects and whatnot continues. We, uh, we purchased a new RV trailer for ourselves recently. So we've been spending some time setting that up and getting everything set in it and whatnot, make sure we're happy with it. We spent a couple of nights in it so far. Um, the kids are very happy that it's a larger one than the last one. And uh, yeah, we're uh, carrying on. And um, so I've, I'm finishing up my firewood for not this coming winter, but the winter after. I'm trying to stay two years ahead, so uh, trying to get that finished up. Uh, I did some fuel rotation, some food prep. I put in a little bit of R&R &R since the last uh, show uh, because I faked my broken microphone. So I just wanted time off <laughs> for the record. <laughs> I knew um, it. I knew it. <laughs> but actually, uh, actually today... I was able to put my first aid skills to the test. Oh. A, uh, what happened? A, Who'd you hurt? I didn't hurt anybody. Uh, <laughs> somebody at the trailer park um, tripped over a metal object and uh, put a pretty serious gash in their leg. They're on blood thinners, so they uh, so it was quite a job to get the bleeding to stop and get it under control. Oh. Um, get them to the hospital, get them stitched up and back home. And so, um, wow. you know, you never know when something's going to happen. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I will, I will say this and I know I'm going to get smacked for it, but I did not have my own first aid kit with me. It was at home. So I improvised with what I had, uh, mm -hmm. but I absolutely made it work and, and everything got, uh, the person's back They're they're, they're fine. And, um, just took five stitches, but, uh, everything's good sometimes you got to do what you got to do right you just leave the kit somewhere there's one day where you just say yeah you know what i'm, just gonna leave it gonna I'm probably today. not going to need it and that's going to be the day that you need it right so absolutely it's yeah, typical, you, isn't it? you made it through and you you worked with what you had and that's that's what's the important part right well done, absolutely Jeff. yeah good job man i always love a good first aid story oh yeah <laughs> all right for myself i uh, just been uh playing around with the uh, reloading press and uh, got a bunch of deep priming done. So I've been saving up brass for quite a while, knowing that I was going to eventually go down this rabbit hole, just not knowing when. Uh, <laughs> so I had a whole bunch of brass to deprime, and I had run it through my uh, tumbler once before, but with all the primers out, I realized that those little pockets hold a lot of crud. So through, <laughs> through the tumbler, it went again. <laughs> 
Brilliant. So, uh, <laughs> you know, learning lessons along the way, right? And kind of practicing with drying everything off. And because I use a wet tumbler, so trying to figure out different ways to, to dry the brass and what works and what doesn't. And uh, yeah, so just kind of been plugging away at that as time allows. And beyond that, it's been uh, a lot of things at work. I've been on the road quite a bit. So the typical uh, check out the hotel I'm in, walk around, figure out the lay of the land, the multiple exits, all that kind of stuff. Um, everybody thinks I'm crazy when I'm like, I'm going for a walk and walk around the hotel for a bit. They're like, where are you going? Like, Don't worry, I'm just checking things out because I go with the team, right? It's not just me that travels. And it's like, well, I'll be back in a bit, guys. And, wander around and map the place out and even though it's a place we've been to a few times i always double check it because you know things change right so absolutely you never know some other That's guests bad. could have nefarious in- intents this is true and it, we always end up on different floors too right so things might be different probably not the layout say is pretty consistent but i like to check things out because a, I'm stuck there for the night. What else am I going to do besides drink beer, which is also important. <laughs> you know. have, have to hydrate. Have to hydrate. <laughs> Very important. Yeah, He's got his priorities. Yeah. But, you know, you <laughs> hydrate, wander the hotel, check it out, map it out, and then hydrate again because, you know, you dehydrated from the walk. So. And and exercise is good. You have to this walk. Is to, yes, and I have to get my steps in. This is true. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All is good. I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one who has a head on a swivel when they get to a location. Yes. Yep. Always. Always, always. Old habits die hard. Uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, congrats on the brass hall. Hey, thanks. It's going to be fun to get it all filled up and uh, then blast it off again. (laughs) You'll have to let me know what calibers you're short of brass on because uh, I have some excesses in certain areas. So 308 know. is the number. Okay. I may have a few things for you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> right on. Awesome. Well, I guess it's my turn to talk about preps, it is. isn't it? It is. So, uh, other than sorting through kit, which is a never-ending task mm-hmm. when it's sitting in bins, um, what I've been doing is uh, looking for good deals. I found a new location to film my content at. So that's going to be a lot of fun. It's very, very photogenic, and there's even a nice running stream. So we're going to have the opportunity there to do some ASMR-type videos. Uh, And recently found, uh, thanks to Amazon Prime, a a really great deal on a charge controller I'd been looking at. It was like 37% off, so I had to jump on that. Even though I don't like giving a lot of business to Amazon, sometimes the prices are hard to resist. So I through in for that. Other than that, got to do a little bit of first aid on myself this week when I walked through a field full of sand fleas. Yay! <laughs> twice I walked through the field. Yep. Why would you do it twice? Well, because I had to walk through it on my way there, and I walked through it on my way back. So he just to wanted to make sure that if he had to do the first aid, it was really really gonna be needed yep right to give him a a second drive-by snack you see (laughs) for them that's that's very PETA of you thank you thank you i hope all the animal lovers out there got all the warm and fuzzies very nice nice. (laughs) well before we get kicked off the youtubes for uh you know making fun of PETA, uh maybe we'll move into the main topic so this evening, figured we'd chat tornadoes. We were, like we've uh, alluded to a couple of times, we're thinking about doing that on the last episode, but due to some uh, technical difficulties and potentially age, uh, Jeff was not able to get his microphone to work. So <laughs> he's uh, he's got it sorted out now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we figured... Uh, uh, oh, no, I guess uh, I'll bring episode number 209 to an end. <laughs> But no, so we've got Jeff uh, Jeff here, our, uh, our resident weather nerd, and uh, you know, figured we'd let him talk about tornadoes tonight. And, uh, you know, timely, we had a couple go through Ottawa between our last episode and tonight. So, like I said, thankfully nobody was injured, or we had the one injury there, which sounds like it was minor, just a bunch of buildings damaged, but could be much, much worse. So we wanted to kind of take, uh, take the night and talk about um, everything tornado what to watch for, what they're all about. You know, we've got a basic understanding, I'm sure, from grade school about tornadoes and such. But let's uh, let's go down the rabbit hole, shall we, and nerd out on tornadoes tonight. 
Hot I'm especially topic. excited about this episode because I've been witness to a couple of these things. And I saw on some of the notes here what the definition of a tornado is. So I think I've seen at least two. Um, yes. One of them I managed to capture on film, and that's on my channel. Not to plug my channel in oh, here. Plug away. <laughs> plug uh, away. It's the entire full-length video of the tornado that I witnessed. And so I'm going to have lots of questions for Jeff here. Because, uh, yeah, if any of you have seen these or been near them or around them, it's a force of nature that just... You can't not feel something after nope. having sat through a tornado. That's, that's one thing I haven't experienced yet, and I'm kind of thankful, but I kind of want to know what it's like to be near a tornado and to hear one and see one so I know what to expect. And, and yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, what Jeff has to say here and uh, all the show notes and everything to read through them as we go. And it's be interesting. Don't, don't, don't. Don't get hyped up too much. Like, come on, you're giving me too much credit here. No, but it's still like, <clears throat> I don't know how they form or anything. And, and this yeah. is your, this is, this is your, I guess, nerd area. This is what you like to do. And, and I, I, I drive for a living. I, I want to know what I'm getting into. Right. So if I'm heading towards one or if there's bad weather or whatnot, so this will be interesting for me. I, I, I know I'm going to be going over these show notes again later and, and probably rewatching this whole episode myself so I can better educate myself as to what I'm getting into. So with all, all right. that hype, now I'm just going to drop Anyways, so, so I guess I'll start with um, where, where do tornadoes actually come from? Uh, so obviously tornadoes come from thunderstorms. You have to have a thunderstorm to have a tornado. Um, there's two major types of thunderstorms that will produce tornadoes. They are a supercell and a non-supercell. Uh, so a supercell, uh, they're the most dangerous. They're the ones that produce the uh, most destructive tornadoes. So basically, um, you know, a lot of times you, you guys will look on radar and I'll explain it in a second where you'll see a line of storm and you'll, you'll see the, the, what they call the line. But out in front of the line, you'll see a bunch of pop-up thunderstorms. Those pop-up thunderstorms in front of the line are what they call a supercell. And why they're so dangerous is they're in front of the line. They're in the unstable atmosphere uh, that's prime for storms, major storms. And there's no other storms around them to quote-unquote, eat up their energy so they get everything that's there. The, the atmosphere is all for them, and those storms, um, if anybody's ever watched them, they can they can go from zilch to a, a major thunderstorm in, you know, 15 minutes. Um, on average, uh, a supercell has about a 20% chance to produce a tornado. So that's, that's why they're so dangerous. Think about it, one in every five supercell thunderstorms produces a tornado. Um, the non-supercells uh, are that line that I talked about. So they're the, the line of storms. So you've got a whole big line that comes through. Um, they're commonly, and that's commonly referred to as a quasi-linear convective system or a QLCS. Um, those storms, nonetheless, are uh, are still dangerous. Uh, they still will produce tornadoes. Um, they're more apt to produce uh, straight line wind damage than tornado damage, but still, they're they're going to produce damage. Um, so, um, yeah. Question for you, Jeff. Pardon? Oh, question for you. Yep. When I'm looking at the radar, in like I know you and I use the Instant Weather app. Uh, if I'm looking at that and I just see like the line, like the green clouds, or they do the different shading depending on the intensity of the the storm that's coming through. Uh, but the, so the supercell is literally like just that line of cloud, and then nothing in front or behind it. No, that that line is the the what I call the QLCS. That's the quasi-linear okay. convective system. The okay. supercell is just a storm to itself. Okay, so, so I'd see that on the radar moving on its own, 
nothing else around it. Exactly. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. And and then when you see the line of storms that runs for sometimes hundreds of kilometers, mm-hmm. right. that's your quasi-linear convective system. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Anybody else while I'm taking questions? Not no, yet. That's good. Okay. I'll have um more. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously, like I said, tornadoes. Uh, usually occur when conditions favor the development of strong thunderstorms. Essential conditions for these storms is the presence of cool, dry air at the middle level of the troposphere, so further up in the atmosphere, overlying a layer of moist, um, unstable air near the surface. So, uh, as everybody knows, you know, warm air rises. So, in simple terms, tornadoes are formed during severe weather cycles that combine a thunderstorm, colliding air masses, so a cold front with a warm front, uh, a combination of cold and warm air, as I just mentioned, and a high and low pressure. Obviously, winds blow from high pressure to low pressure, so that's where you get the wind direction. Uh, that's where you get, and then, um, you know, strong weather will develop. So just just think about you know, as warm, warm, humid air. So the, the sun comes down, it heats the ground, the, the, the hot, humid air, warm air rises, it rises up, it displaces out the cold air that comes back down to the ground, it gets heated, it rises, it goes back up, and it does that cycle until you get a storm. And depending on all of the, the conditions of the atmosphere, the humidity, all of that stuff um, is going to tell you how good or how really bad this storm is going to be i'm sure you guys have all heard stories or even seen it yourself you it's a hot humid day you know a storm's coming before the storm gets to you you're like man it has cooled down it's like dropped like 15 degrees that's when you need to be really really concerned because that's like i say that's where the warm air rises it dissipates the cold air and the cold air drops on the outside of the storm so if you're getting that you know, much cooler air just before the storm comes, you're probably looking for a decent, good storm. That's a good tip. We get that cold hit. And then after the storm, all of a sudden the temperature is much higher. Mm -hmm. But just before the storm, there is that sudden drop in temperature. And sometimes the, the air motion changes completely. So if there was a breeze before, all of a sudden it's completely still or changes direction. Um, and that's the other thing I've noticed also is the <coughs> rapid changes in wind direction. I'm always following my wind. And uh, whenever I feel that wind change suddenly like that, it always puts me on high alert. And I noticed that just recently with the last round of storms. So that's interesting. Yep. Yeah, that's why it's important to always kind of be aware of what's happening around you, right? Not only just people, animals, etc., but just the temperature, like, like Jeff just mentioned, when they, all of a sudden it goes from one extreme to the other, it's time to kind of perk up and go, hmm, okay, something's up here. Maybe we're, we're getting into a, a good storm coming, right? So so it seems like Mother Nature is also an opponent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is true. So, Could be a friend or a foe. Yep. In this case, probably a foe, but you never mm-hmm. know. Um, so basically... Um, what's the, the, the actual definition of a tornado? It's a narrow, violently rotating column of air that extends from a thunderstorm to the ground. Now, that's important. The torna- to, to be classified as a tornado, it has to extend to the ground. If it, it has just to touch the ground? If it has to touch the ground. If it does not touch the ground, it is classified as a funnel cloud. It looks like a tornado. It acts like a tornado, uh. but it doesn't touch the ground. And because it doesn't touch the ground, it doesn't do damage, right? So the tornado, so to be classified as a tornado, it must touch the ground. And if I might ask, what do we call it until it touches the ground? It is considered a funnel cloud. A funnel cloud, okay. Yeah. That's two common terms that I think people would mix up quite a bit is funnel cloud and tornado. That uh, I know I have many times mixed the two up. So that's, uh, that's good to know. So now you said it has to touch the ground to do damage. Well, yeah, because if it's in the, so, so think about it. if it's spinning in the air, 
Yeah. What's in the air? Nothing. Nothing. It's just airplanes. Air. Airplanes. Oh, sorry. I had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I highly. Yeah, I, no, I, I, they're not going to be anywhere near it. No, no, they're 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 gonna yeah, they're gonna no. find a way to go around, or they're gonna be high enough, depending on the height, whatever. So yeah. I'm just being a jerk. Carry on. I, I, experienced, <laughs> um, I experienced a funnel cloud at Five Fingers Hill in Patawawa. Oh gosh, a long time ago, and it was strong enough to tear a modular tent out of its pickets, and it rolled over an Iltis on top of Five Fingers Hill. And we all decided at that point, or, th or I think we were told, that we need to get off the hill. And we found this little divot um, at the bottom of the hill where we were somewhat sheltered. But I mean, when it's turning over Iltises and, you know, I don't know, it didn't feel yeah. very safe. But Not uh, much cover you can get. Yeah, that now Five Fingers Hill for anybody who's never been to Petawan, I'm pretty sure that's most people listening. Um, it's this hill in the middle of a, a kind of a plain. Uh, a, a long, wide plain surrounded with uh, a few hills to either side, but it's it's a bit of a plain, uh, a, a large, long, wide field, and then there is this little knob of a hill in the middle of this wide field, and it's kind of sandy. There's not a whole lot of brush on this hill. It's mostly grassy, so you're rather exposed. So I think maybe we just had those gusts of wind that were shifting things around, but. That thing never touched down, so I guess that's why I was asking earlier, Jeff. You know, I'm gonna pick mm -hmm. your brain. So I've now seen two funnel clouds where we had a fair amount of wind before that, but I wouldn't say destruction of stuff. Uh, but throwing a niltis, I don't know. I, I know four men can pick it up and move it out of a ditch, so we're not talking about big heavy weight. But that was that was scary enough for me. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, so probably I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to surmise and say you can get a funnel cloud and if it doesn't touch the ground, the wind that's blowing underneath it will act like a straight line wind damage. So uh -huh. yeah, you're getting the rotation, yeah. but the wind on the ground isn't spinning. It's going in a straight line and I'll, I'll explain straight line winds a little bit later, but that that's probably what you experienced. So that's exactly what I experienced, but it, it was a major, major directional wind. And it just felt like it was going to throw us off the hill. It was going to just throw us right off, but it wasn't spinning on the ground at all. Um, and huh. before it, before the funnel started, it seemed like there was just a bit of a mild breeze. And when we started to see uh, the, the, the clouds beginning to rotate before there was a funnel, that's when the wind started rising. Uh, so it all happened very quickly. I'm talking in the span of less than five minutes uh, from oh, yeah. oh, we've got a breeze to, oh geez, there's rotation in the air. Okay. So, Dave's asking in the live stream, what different conditions lead to, he says shear winds, we call them wind shear, Does, doesn't matter, I know what he's talking about. Um, basically, for the most part, it's the upper level jet. Um, it's, not, it's not the sharks, like he says later? Uh, on the next time? No. <laughs> well, that would be sharknadoes, and you can just go watch the movie for that one. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, it, 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 a lot of it is controlled by the, is dependent on the upper level jet and how far up the upper level jet is. Um, it, it varies in height. Um, there's another thing I, I really didn't kind of put it in the notes, but I'll, I'll quickly mention it. And you'll hear some, whether people talk about the cap and, and if a storm breaks the cap, then that's when you get into trouble. Basically, the cap is a level of, of warm air. So what you get is you get the warm air at the surface. It rises into that cooler air. But then there's another warmer area above that cool air. And if the updraft is strong enough to push through that upper level warmer air, and, and go through it and do what they call break the cap. It opens that up. And then that's when you get that wind shear. And that's when you really get, that's when you get the really, really violent tornadoes is, is when you break what they call break the cap. So hopefully I explained that good enough. To, I should have put more in my notes, but 
think I got this it. Has to, this is, so this has to do with the ceiling, right? Yes. Yeah. Some call it the ceiling. Some call it the cap. Um, okay. So, so like I say, because, and, and this is where Gunny's thing was, because wind is invisible, it's sometimes hard to see a tornado unless it forms a condensation funnel made up of water droplets, dust, or debris. Almost all tornadoes usually have a condensation funnel, so they're fairly easy to see. It is rare to not see a tornado coming. Now, the exceptions to that, obviously, are nocturnal tornadoes, so it's dark. You can't see them. Or another mm -hmm. um, phenomenon, is it? they call them rain-wrapped. It's where you have a very, very intense rainstorm right in front of the tornado, where literally you can't see the tornado coming because of the rain. Um, huh. I'm going to say that happens in probably about 15% of the tornadoes where you get them what they call rain wrapped and they are difficult to, they're difficult to see. Um, so I've got something else in here. Ah, where did you... Yeah, almost all tornadoes have the condensation funnel, but, but not always. Um, tornadoes can be and usually are among the most violent phenomenon uh, of the atmospheric storms we experience. On average, the U.S. gets about 1,200 tornadoes a year. That many? There's, yeah. Oh, that's a lot. Hmm. Yep. There's typically about five variations of a tornado. Um, so we have a water spout, which is exactly as is. It's a tornado over water. Um, and then you have a land spout, which is a water spout that reaches land before it lifts and it becomes what they call a land spout tornado. They are both usually weak and don't do a lot of catastrophic damage. So like, um, uh, like an F zero or somewhere around there. Yeah. Usually most of them are F zeros. And I mean, if it's a tornado, the lowest classification they can go is a zero. So yeah, it would be a zero. Doesn't matter the, so. Okay. Um, the overland tornadoes they have are, there's, there's a rope tornado, which is exactly what it sounds. It's a very thin braid goes right from the cloud to the ground. It's very thin. It's very narrow. I'm sure you've seen pictures where um, you, you look down a street, one side of the street is gone and the other side of the street isn't even touched. Yeah, that's okay. probably usually a rope tornado. Rope. Yeah, um, in, you can get uh, what they call a cone tornado. So think about your um, your ice cream, um, you know, sugar cone. It's 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 in a cone, so it's very very narrow at the bottom, much wider at the top. Again, um, very isolated. The bottom isn't very wide. Doesn't do a lot of damage. It does a lot of damage, but it's it's in a narrow narrow pocket. Uh, you have uh, multi-vortex, exactly as it sounds, you actually have more than one tornado coming out of a thunderstorm. Rare, happens. And then the last one is the wedge tornado. Um, the wedge tornadoes are, um, think, of, think about it, it's exactly that, it's a wedge. Mm -hmm. um, in most cases, a lot of cases, these wedge tornadoes can be one to two plus miles wide at the base. Yeah, that's uh, Tim Samaras, uh, <clears throat> anybody who knows anything about storm chasing and movies and stuff, Tim Samaras was one of the world's best storm chasers. And he actually got caught in a wedge tornado in El Reno, El Reno Oklahoma, and died as a result. Um, I, uh, I remember reading about that. And uh, did they actually find him? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they oh, yeah? he was still in his, he was still in his vehicle, but the, the, the vehicle was, was just totally, there was absolutely nothing left of it. Um, they figure it was picked up and carried for maybe half a mile spinning and turning and hitting everything in its path. And, and then it just, dumped them, so. so, so I have a question for you, Jeff, you said two okay. miles wide. Yep. So you're talking about the bottom portion of the funnel being two miles wide. Yep. Wow. wow. So, and, and I don't know if you can tell me, but 
that two mile wide swath of tornado path is the vortex the same strength the whole way through like do, does everything just get sucked up does does anything have a yep, chance abs absolutely the, the the you i'm sure you, you've seen pictures and, and there's been pictures up literally a a you know an f4 or an f5 tornado going across a, a highway peeling the pavement with it wow um wow. you'll see you'll see um you know violent storms where they where it will literally debark a tree it will it will just skin the bark right off the tree wow um, if it hasn't picked it up and tossed it yeah that's true <laughs> yes <laughs> that's some good roots well the one i pictured uh that landed in gatineau uh, across from ottawa it while it was tossing all kinds of um, roof shingles and um, I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw aluminum siding or soffits in there flying about. Uh, there was also dirt and tree shrubbery and um, a little further down after it hit the transformer, there was wires flying around uh, in, the, in the funnel. So yeah, everything else gets caught up in that and um spins around at the same speed so that's why i was wondering two miles wide that's quite a distance for an object to pick up speed yep. right and that's and that's why that's what happened with tim samaris is they thought the storm and i mean obviously tornadoes like anything they don't just go in a straight line a lot of them do but a lot of them meander uh this this storm in el reno um you could you can uh, Google it and, and there's all kinds of talks about it. It literally went side to side. It reversed on itself at one point and um, Tim was on a back road. He thought the storm was going to go left. It went right. He had nowhere to go. It was too wide. He couldn't get out of the way. He just didn't have enough time to get out of the way. So, wow. Even the experts are wrong sometimes. It's true. Yep. And when you're wrong in, in that size of a tornado, the results usually yeah. are not are not aren't in your favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two um, miles is not a wide is not a narrow margin. That's that's no. You don't have any margin of error when you no. got a two mile <laughs> two, wide path. Two miles right? is is how many kilometers is that? Two miles. Three point two. About three and a half. Yeah, three point two. Shit. Yeah. So that's 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 huge. Um, so as I mentioned, um, nocturnal or Nighttime storms and rain wrapped uh, are about as scary as you can get because you can't see them coming. Uh, a lot of people who've been up close and personal with a tornado said it sounded like a freight train coming. So the old mm -hmm. adage, if you hear the roar, get indoors. Um, I also compare it to a, a really angry hive of bees, like a really loud buzzing sound that just fills your ears. That's what it sounded right. like for a while. Um, yeah, but... The, the train running by you is a good analogy too. <laughs> I, I have a problem with that because maybe a half a kilometer from my house is a very active freight train line. So I'm kind of mm -hmm. screwed, I guess. So now you're going to think it's a tornado every time it goes by? Oh, I hope not. It goes, <laughs> it goes by like clockwork. Oh. It's a very timely tornado. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anything else to be wary of sound-wise other than the, the freight train or like Gunny said, the, the bees or whatnot? Anything else to be... Yeah, if you start hearing trees cracking and things smashing... How could I kind of figure that? Because at that, at that point, you, you're, you're too it's late. It's too no. late. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's basically what they've, they've said. And they, and they said, you know, you could hear it coming. You could, it's like you could hear the train coming. So... And I would never, you, you've talked about nocturnal a couple of times. I, I never even crossed my mind. Yeah, you're not going to see those things at night. It's a bunch of wind, right? And yeah, you're just, yeah, that, thanks for freaking me out on that one, Jeff. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I owed you that one for, uh, for the, um, the whole. The, the multiple pokes episode. at you over this episode yep. and last. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we should so, admit that they're, they're what, what can you do for a tornado? Uh, a. Make sure you have a way to get notifications for tornado warnings. Um, that one's key. 
I say invest in a good um, crank radio with weather channels and other options. Uh, maybe find and download a weather app that sends push notic notifications directly to your phone. Um, if you're in Ontario, uh, I can't recommend this this place enough. They don't pay me. I don't get a dime from them. It's called Instant Weather Ontario. Um, and for me, they, yep. they are my go-to for where I live and, and, yep. and, and being in the province. Um, you, and, and you can get, you can pick different cities of people or friends where you live. And if you've got that city picked and they put a, a warning out for that area, it's going to pop up on your phone. Yep. So, and I can I can second that recommendation from Jeff. I use that same app. They are fantastic. They've uh, they've just proven themselves to be accurate with their reporting and their warnings. And I like the fact that they live stream when major things are going on. They actually hop on and will live stream uh, information to you. Uh, even with the the tornadoes that were going through Barry, um, one of the the live streamers or one of the guys that heads up the app and is in Barrie and he was still live streaming with the tornadoes going through. So they're, they're very dedicated to what they do, obviously. Um, and nice. yeah, it's, they, they've been really, really good uh, with, with reliable information. And, and I see that Melissa ham radio. Yes. We'll get there. <laughs> um, so some people have asked, uh, do tornadoes only occur in North America? And the answer to that is no. Uh, tornadoes occur in many parts of the world, including Australia, Europe, Africa, Asia, and South America. Even New Zealand uh, gets maybe about 20 tornadoes a year. Uh, two of the highest concentrations of tornadoes outside of the U.S., believe it or not, are Argentina and Bangladesh. Two wow. places I would have never picked out for, yeah. for places yeah. that, that have tornadoes. Now, Jeff, do you know if there's a place where one can go to find out if their area is prone to tornadoes, like the area I happen to be in right now these days? Um, <laughs> you, you know, there, I, I, I can, I can find some links and and maybe plop them in in Discord or find somewhere. But I mean, if you're in the U.S. National Weather Service, they they track tornadoes and they've got records going back years of you know, what they call Tornado Alley and where the big storms happen to go. And um, I would imagine Environment Canada or maybe the Northern Tornado Project would have something. I'd have to try and find that. I'm starting to think in Canada it would likely be Environment Canada that would hold all yep. that information. Yeah. But uh, yep. I'm wondering, do, I, I don't even know if they have such a thing as a one-stop shop. That'll be an interesting uh, f thing for me to follow up on. I'll, I'll go do a little bit of digging too and see what I can find. Okay, and I'll, I'll kind of close things out with um, tornado safety. So I've given you what a tornado is, and you know what? The tornado's coming, and you're in the path. You know it's coming. What do you do? The best place is underground in some kind of a storm shelter or in your basement, obviously. Are you, are you suggesting mean, that, preppers should have bunkers? I'm suggesting if you don't yes. have a bunker, you're not a prepper. Not a <laughs> well played, Jeff. Well played. Laying it down. Chuck one up. If you don't have a basement, like myself, um, the best place is the most interior room of your house. Caveat or to that is ground floor. Do not go up to a second floor. Ground floor uh the most interior room of the house. A common place people suggest to go into and hide is the bathtub. Yep. Uh, it can be somewhat effective. It may shelter you from some debris. Uh, most deaths and serious injuries are caused by flying debris. So a suggestion I can give is um, get low to the ground Cover yourself with as much padding as you can. You know what? If, if, if you're going to jump into the bathtub, take some pillows with you. Grab a duvet off your bed. Grab something. Grab the mattress. Um, something. A mattress. Absolutely. Yep. Might as well um, get comfy. Stay away from windows. Yeah, I was stay thinking along the lines as, of the, tramp as, the trampolines um, for asteroids. Only mattresses for flying debris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to. Yeah. Yep. Well played. Um, 
Or just trampolines. Just get trampolines and bring them into the bathtub, right? Yeah. I guess you could do that too if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have them for the asteroids, um, so just collect them outside and bring them in. True. <laughs> so as Brad mentioned, that person in Ottawa got injured by flying glass. Yep. Don't stand at your window and watch the tornado come to you. Just just don't. Don't ask me why. Just don't. Uh, that that's that's kind of up Solid there on advice. the dumb list. Solid so, advice. So um, I had uh, heard uh, I'd heard before that the, a lot of the reason why they suggest that you get into the bathtub, if at all, is the bathtub is usually heavier supported, like more structurally supported and attached to the house. And because it's, think about it. because yeah. it's you know, usually on ground floor for a lot of older homes, ground floor is the main bathroom. It's already, like you said, Jeff, it's already on the main floor. It's lower to the ground, like to the floor itself, and it's attached rigidly to the foundation, to the frame of the house that has less of a chance of being picked up and tossed away with the house. Yeah, when you think about it, it has to be structurally sound because it's designed to hold a whole lot of water, right, which is heavy. So it's got to be built really, really ruggedly for that purpose, right, which then gives you the advantage of it being built ruggedly. So... I think it makes sense. I'm I'm no contractor by any means, but it makes sense. It does make sense. It does make sense. Um, and and the last one, as silly as this sounds, um, if you have or own a helmet, put it on. It may sound we're talking, stupid. We're talking a hockey helmet, a bike helmet, a construction any, any, helmet. Uh, any any kind of protection for your melon. Um, most deaths got and it. serious injuries is caused by flying debris. If you've got some way, uh, and and let's face it, you can you can take a, a hit to the gut. It might hurt. It might cause a little bit of damage. You take that same force velocity hit to the head, and you're probably dead. So that's a good point. You need you need something yeah. to protect the melon as best you can. So if you've got a helmet, doesn't matter hockey helmet. Um, even a bicycle helmet. I know they don't protect the jaw area and that, but it's better than nothing. A, though. A, a solid check. Exactly. It's better than nothing. So, I would rather have a broken jaw and a, a head smashed in skull. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nope. So now, I can definitely um, agree with the, the construction helmet or the bike helmet. Um, you know, the, 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 the ski do the motorcycle, the, all of those helmets. Yeah. It'd be great if you had one, but, like you said, anything helps. Yep. In the case of, um, and this is because when I witnessed one of the tornadoes, I happened to be in an office building. So now applying that same logic that you've shared with us here to an office building, again, get away from the windows. And I think I would run towards the elevator shaft. That would probably the yep. place be the place where there's the most structure, right? Just make sure the elevator is not above you. Or, <laughs> or, or, um, or stairwell. Most stairwells don't have windows. Right. They're yep. concrete. They're yes, they may be on the outside of the building, but it's all concrete. There's no, there's, there's usually no windows in a stairwell. So yeah, and they're usually the first thing to go up as the building goes up is the stairwell, so the construction can keep happening. So you know that they're built soundly. They have a lot of weight on those going up and down. This yep. is true, and every time we did emergency drills, we're always in the stairwells anyway, so uh, probably best to follow your emergency building plan, your building emergency plan, which usually involves getting out and uh, using so does that, stairwells. <laughs> does that mean to prepare to do that? Oh, gosh, like, no. We wouldn't want to go ahead and push emergency preparedness on an emergency <laughs> preparedness show. <laughs> so, so if I'm understanding this correctly, I should ignore the evacuation plans and any other documentation about the building and not walk around and learn the layout of the building until the emergency hits, and then I should read all those things and figure out the floor plan. If that, you want to do that, you go right ahead. <laughs> um, I, I like uh, Tito's comment there. When in doubt, head to Jeff's house and use his bunker. Yeah, okay. If you can find it, then... Yeah, just and he'll be Jared, at my he'll be at my place Jared, stealing all my that stuff. Is that's an inappropriate question. I'm not going to answer that one. <laughs> so <laughs> next episode will be about do-it-yourself bunker designs coming right up. 
Just, just kidding, Garrett. <laughs> Jeff lost his hair by working with me for years. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, any other questions from the panelists, from the chat? Anything that, that you think I haven't covered or... So I, I remember... I remember years ago as a kid being told if you don't have a basement or like a central area in a location to just find a ditch or something, was that them just hoping that we'd run out and disappear in the, in the tornado or is that like a legitimate thing or do you know? I, I would much rather be, be, even if you don't have a basement, like I said, indoors in the interior most room. Um, one thing I didn't put in the notes and, and you just jogged my memory on it is you see a lot of people um on a highway the storm's coming the tornado's coming they get under an uh, under an underpass yep not recommended uh yeah i've heard it i've heard the underpass a A, it acts like a wind tunnel and it massively increases the speed Uh. and b what are you going to hang on to it's it's flat Concrete. concrete There's no handles. There's no. There's nothing to hang on to unless you can actually get yourself up into those girders somehow and and be above that that bottom wind line. You're you're just going to get sucked right out. It, it's it's not going to help you. Okay. Good to know. So stop watching Hollywood movies. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold, you mean, hold you on. mean they don't portray <laughs> real life? <laughs> Yep. Oh, it's the last time we see Gunny on the show, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the end of me. I'm probably going to have a car accident sometime this week, friends. <laughs> oh, jeez. We weren't going to go that far with it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's only a podcast. <laughs> Entertainment purposes. We, we probably yeah. don't have that much reach, do we? Or do we? So, um, <laughs> so Cap in the live chat says, is the bathtub thing a real option? As I mentioned, absolutely it is. Uh, Brad mentioned it as well. It's it's more it's in it's in a better constructed part of your your house to take the weight of the water in the bathtub and all that. Um, it's if you get down in the bathtub, if something falls, it's going to land on top of the tub, hopefully, and not squish you, you down. Um, you know, so absolutely, it is. It is. It is a legitimate option. Yep. As long and, and again as I say, you're not on the second floor. Because if you're on the second floor, you never know. You might become on the first floor. Under your <laughs> bathroom, so. But at least you're in the bathtub. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's now, what's easy to clean yourself up. up after the fall. Absolutely. <laughs> Eric had a really good question. And while he was asking it, I thought about why they say that. So it was about the ditch thing. Um, I'm pretty sure lying down in the ditch will not protect me from the tornado if it picks me up and comes overhead. I'm pretty sure that ditch isn't going to do anything. But what it could well do is prevent a certain percentage of debris from whacking me in the head and making me Absolutely. unconscious, yep. I would think. Right? Plus, the other, the other thing I would go with on that one is the ditch, the bottom of the ditch is lower than the ground. The, like mm-hmm. Jeff said about the girders of the bridge, as long as you're above that low, and mm-hmm. and and this would be the opposite: is you're under the ground, you're below the ground, the so to speak. You're not going to catch the wind. Right. Yep. There might be something to it after all. Okay. Now I've heard. I have no Indeed. idea if it's true or not. Um, Somebody had said before to me, like years back, we were talking about a whole bunch of shit, um, about a tornado, about using an underpass as shelter, and I had said to them, no, don't do it. I had heard previously, if the if you were here and the tornado is coming this way at you, you go here on the opposite side of the overpass as as kind of in the middle of the i guess the the embankment going down the overpass it's the largest it's like the thickest part of the structure so to speak you are out of the way of the wind on the lower end and out of the way of the wind on the upper end and you might actually survive but i have no idea if that was actually true you, you you might but again it's 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 the same 
from my end of it, it's kind of the same adage as being under your, yep. You're still laying an open ground. Yes. You have nothing to hang on to. Correct. So you're hoping that the wind isn't strong enough that it picks you sucks up, you up you. Or, or pushes you out. And uh, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, you know, different options and different things you can look at. That's, that's one of them, but whether it would work or not, I'm not about to, I, I'm not going to want to try and find out. I don't want to either. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of maybes and it depends when it comes to mother nature in general, but specifically with tornadoes. Yes. Completely yeah. unpredictable. Now, now I, I want to make a point here that Jeff was mentioning earlier about finding cover and how important it is because it's occurring to me that even an F zero tornado, if the number he quoted us is the hard number of 100 kilometers, even or 100 miles an hour, um, and that being a lower class tornado, and we know that the higher class ones, of course, they reach in excess of hundreds of miles an hour in winds, speeds. Uh, we know a, a record-setting baseball throw is in excess of 100 kilometers an hour. We're, we're over 60 miles an hour easily, right? Um, that can do an awful lot of damage. So I think the big point here is definitely to get oneself away from any potential flying debris and so um, I think that's yeah, so, my so I just I just quickly looked away. up here the um, this is the US but uh, an EF0 is 65 miles an hour to 85 so you're looking 65 is what about 110 kilometers an hour yeah and uh, a rating of an EF5 tornado and there have been EF5s uh, in Canada as well but mostly in the u.s to be an ef5 you have to be over 200 miles an hour that's where like i said you debark trees you strip pavement off the ground um you, your your house if it doesn't have a basement and is on a foundation i know i've told you to go into the interior room if you're in an ef5 you, nothing's going to be left but your cement pad unfortunately um it it is what it is dig a um, hole yeah. Mm -hmm. This bunker whatever, thing so. sounds really good, Jeff. It does. <laughs> when, when do we start construction? <laughs> it, it's really odd to be talking about bunkers on this podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't know if I'm comfortable comfortable with this, gentlemen. And, and weren't we the, the anti-bunker prepper podcast? <laughs> We're trying to bring ourselves. Bunkers in general or preppers? I, I didn't know it was a thing. Oh, is it? Oh, jeez. No. <laughs> Uh, Tito in the live chat here has uh, put a little bit of a story in, uh, just mentioning the only experience with the tornado was in Indiana. Uh, I was across the street from my aunt's house playing with the neighbor's kid. It was all cleared out, and in a matter of minutes, we were under a tornado warning with heavy wind outside. The quickness of how that all went down was insane. So it's a great point. It can happen in just a flash, uh, right? Yep. Um, so... Um, I mentioned it, Eric mentioned it, the, the instant weather Ontario, um, was it last year, Eric, the tornado went through Barrie or was it two years ago? I think it was two, two years I ago. believe. Yeah. Two. Oh, two. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. I'm watching they're, they're live streaming at yeah. the time and they, they had put up a, a caution for rotation detected yep. about eight minutes before the tornado hit three minutes before the tornado hit, they said, something is on the ground we are seeing a we're seeing the debris field we're seeing um that kind of stuff something's on the ground yep. environment canada didn't issue a tornado warning till the tornado had been on the ground for for over a minute yep wow. so yeah they're so, on top of things you know, it's wild and 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 you know i would have to go back and find the stats but it, it, it was in there somewhere that out of all of the tornadoes in in Canada uh, that, that actually touched down, I believe it was only 45% of them occurred under an active tornado warning from Environment Canada. The other 55% were unwarned storms. Not saying that they, they weren't, you know, you're going to have a severe thunderstorm or you were right. under a tornado watch, yep. but you were not under a warning when the tornado actually hit. So well, we had the actually similar thing even today. Um, I put it in our little group chat. Uh, 
it was just at home here. We had a good um, downpour of rain, but uh, prior to that, I got an alert on the Instant Weather app just saying that there was a uh, rotation detected in Elmville, which is not too far from here. I went, oh, no other warnings from any other uh, applications or any other systems that I've got here. But the Instant Weather app was like, hey, heads up, <laughs> rotation detected in your area. You might want to pay attention. So I, I can't I, I can't recommend them enough either. And yeah. like Jeff said, no kickbacks or anything. They're not paying us to say that. Just it's an app that we all, that we like that's really, really good. And, and it seems clearly from the speed with which these things hit, nothing mm-hmm. quite replaces being aware of what's going on around you. You know, when that temperature shift happens suddenly, when that wind shift all of a sudden occurs, uh, probably time to take notice, right? Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. Anybody else have any questions for Jeff from the panel or the live chat? Not at this time, sir. All right. All right. Any uh, final comments from you, Jeff? Uh, no, no. I I think I've I've kind of covered what I had in my notes and. Awesome. Cool. Well, with that, maybe <laughs> we'll move into the uh, the podcast challenge. So your challenge for this episode is just get some kind of a tornado preparedness plan together. Get the Instant Weather app or some other form of notification or maybe multiple forms of notification because it's a prepper podcast. Uh, And just be aware of your area, whether or not you're susceptible susceptible to tornadoes and, uh, and get that early warning system in place so that you're ready to go and then get a plan in place to know what it is you're going to be doing. Ah, upcoming events. Got nothing for you this week. Thankfully, we don't have any tornadoes in this section either. So, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, do you got a weather blurb for us this week as well, Jeff? Yeah, just really, really short. Um, cool. Obviously, the summer continues to be hot and dry. High temperature records are being set in tons of areas almost daily. Um, one example, the greater Las Vegas area right now is under a heat warning. If anybody's ever been in Vegas in the summer, they are unbearably hot if they're giving you a warning they're super hot um, <laughs> you know so again know your surroundings stay hydrated wear a hat sunscreen um try to try to find somewhere to to keep cool go into a mall if you have to uh, you know whatever to just try and keep things keep things cool if you can tito tito in the live chat there was saying he's in arizona no uh, tornadoes here today, but yesterday it was 118 degrees. Is that all? I wouldn't have. <laughs> I believe that might be an egg frying territory. <laughs> Sunny side up, please. Two of them. Video or it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, Brad, what do we got for deal of the week this week? Uh, Princess Auto, our favorite store. As a sale on uh, some RV uh, shutdown supplies, actually. Um, just trying to go back here for a second here. Um, they've got good deals on sewer hoses and clean-out devices and waste, uh, waste odor control. Sorry, gray water odor control solutions. Um, RV water heater drain plug kits. Um just a bunch of different stuff to keep your RV uh, in shape, as they say, and whatnot. And if you're, uh, it's it's almost that time of the year to shut them down. So why not get a few things now to get yourself ahead of the game to make sure you got them. And even add them to your list of preps for alternate use. There you go. Or for next year, or somebody who you know is going to get an RV. It's a nice mm-hmm. present for them. They're on sale. So there you go. Happy new RV. Here's something to make your gray water not smell. Awesome. All right. So, with that, I'll bring episode number 209 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or, of course, your favorite podcast app. Uh, Please help us out, submit a review. It does help other people find us. And we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we're going live. 
you can contact me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. If anybody wants to reach out, they can reach me at batbradcpp at gmail.com. And you can find me on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and on the Ken Prepper Podcast Discord. All right, and please uh, check out uh, Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. You can uh, find me there on the live chat while you're purchasing some Prepper gear. And you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe. And keep learning. <laughs> <laughs>